When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Talking about the Max Struess 3 that was overturned a couple minutes into Game 7 after he shot it to cut the Miami Heat's deficit 56-54 earlier in the third quarter. And then the Boston Celtics end up going on to win by four. Hmm. What do you think of that one? That's terrible to me. Like, I never knew the NBA can actually do that. I thought you can review if it's a two-foot on the line or if it's a three-pointer. I never thought they can go back and review and see if a guy was out of bounds. But was he really out of bounds, Courtney? Like, that was bogus to me. And I was like, what is going on? And also, uh, what what Scott Fo- – can we not have Scott Foster, Foster referee, referee – yes. Oh, referee any game in the finals. <laughs> can, can we get that, please? We don't want Scott Foster. We don't want the, ser- the the finals to be about the refs or him. We don't want it to be his moment. We want it to be these young men's moment who put this work in to get on this stage. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Courtney Cronin. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. So, so what had happened here was that Struess's three-pointer counted for a basket, and then it didn't. So, like, about three minutes of game time – after Miami Miami registered those three points early in the second half, the NBA took it off the board. So like, there's this like weird confusion about like what had actually happened. League officials reviewed the bucket and then determined that he stepped out of bounds prior to launching that three from the corner with 11:03 left in the third quarter. Like I've seen the I've seen the shots zoomed in of his foot and where it was. Was it actually online? You can see it on TV right now. Obviously, a trip to the NBA Finals should not be decided on a call like that and one coming, you know, a call that took points off the board for the Miami Heat. I was stunned. Harry was stunned. And Eric Spolstra, Heat head coach, was stunned too. I was in shock. I was asking, uh, you know, Quinny about that. The fact that it happened three to four, five minutes later in game time, that does change the context of, of how you're playing. You know, we were starting to gain some momentum and you feel like it's a, you know, seven, eight point game and all of a sudden it's a 13 point game. You're looking up and there's no explanation for it other than it's, you know, gone back to, uh, you know, to the league offices. Uh, you feel like if it if it happens like that, it should happen uh, immediately and then you can you can adjust accordingly. You know, but look, uh, that's not the reason we lost. You know, we still had uh, plenty of opportunities. We just couldn't get control of the game. I agree with with him one hundred percent. It wasn't. The it needs they to. Lost. It needs to happen accordingly, like rapidly, fast. Not three or four minutes yeah. into uh, ap- after the shot was made. That's that's bogus in my eyes. Yeah, I don't. I understand. It's kind of like in the NFL with all these replays that end up going to New York, and they have a chance, like in real time, to try to dissect what had happened. Uh, and make the judgment call, like that's the sky cam thing or whatever they have. I kind of wish the NBA had something that was a little bit more rapid because that shot took place with 11.03 left in the third quarter. It was 8.28. So that's three minutes later that they're like, nah, 
that's not a three-pointer. His foot was on the line or he stepped out of bounds. Uh, and so what was previously a 65-57 lead for the Celtics then ends up getting extended 65-64. I agree with him, though, that that was not the reason they lost that game. No, not at all. But it's stuff like this that we're always going to remember. And you know how how loud Heat culture and Heat fans are on social media right now, uh, considering all the disrespect that has been launched at their team throughout the postseason, especially in this series. And I do think that Boston is a more talented team, but that's, you know, moot when it comes to things like this. This should not have cost the Miami Heat those points. Like, if you're going to make a judgment call on that at the time that you did, you don't make that call at all. You doesn't. It should. It should be instantaneous. Or it shouldn't happen at all. Three minutes later, like, what were they looking at? Because the game's still going on at this point. Correct. My thing is, like, it's not the refs on the floor who are looking at it. It's somebody else that's, you know, a part of the officiating crew that's not actually in the field of play that had to, like, stop the game. to be. And then they came over. The public address announcer said it inside FTX Arena in Miami. Like, we're going to be taking off the, um, you know, the three-point shot from Max Struess, which was a make initially. And I just can I can understand the displeasure that Heat fans have. I can understand like the the anger at, at that type of moment. And I mean, even Eric Spolstra like being in complete shock over something like that happening. Like this doesn't happen. Or this crazy. this happens a lot. Like they review they review three point shots all the time, and yes. the officials have the right to do that when there's a break in action. It usually doesn't take this long. Like that's the thing that like stresses you know me out as a fan, wondering okay, well, what's next? What are they going to do this again when it's potentially later in the game and then deciding who wins and who loses? Well, here's the funny thing about it. Oh, by the way, Heat fans, as you're coming back to your seats from halftime with your beer, with your drink, with your beverage. Or if you're just getting to the game because they're Heat fans. Yeah, that that too, because I was down there for game two, and I actually seen that live action. (laughs) But by the way, we're going to take three points off uh, that that Max True scored three minutes ago. That that. (laughs) That makes no sense to me. I didn't even know, Courtney, I swear to you, I didn't even know they could do that. Yeah. I just literally thought it was only, hey, if it's a two-point shot, three-point shot, we can change that one-point difference. But a whole three, three minutes later in a game seven, a critical game that it was when the Miami Heat were trying to make a comeback, it's like deflating. Yeah. It's just like that's inexcusable in a situation like this. If it was that blatant and that egregious, you would have realized it in the moment. It wouldn't have taken three extra minutes of actual game time to come back and decide what had happened. Like that, to me, doesn't make a whole ton of sense. And that's a judgment call that they didn't have the right to make. You just brought this up. What if there was five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter and a situation like that occurred and you get down to the last minute of the game? Are you going to make that same call? I don't think they can. I think that they probably saw this as the benefit of the doubt, which, of course, we don't give referees in the NBA or really any sport (laughs) the benefit of the doubt because when it changes, when when you, it's so rare that points come off the board. Like, that's the thing. Like, if it's, you know, and I use the football example, I mean, like, you know, these pass interferences where there's a late flag thrown where it usually takes like three or four (laughs) seconds. Like, there it is. Um, That's one thing. And even late pass – I mean, my goodness, we've talked about late pass interference calls that have determined who goes to play in the Super Bowl. So it's not like the NBA NBA is like, you know, I'm not mad about that at all. I'm sure you're not. Um, I'm not mad about that at all. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just like these judgment calls that these referees are making that 
did it did it feel probably in that moment like it changed the course of the game? No. But now, of course, as we're looking back in hindsight, realizing that the Heat had a chance to win this game at the end because Jimmy Butler missed a three pointer, and yeah, the score was one hundred ninety six. But who knows if that's able to if they're able to you know get a steal there and it's sixteen seconds and they're able to force overtime or even go on and win the game. That's when it comes back to counting. That's when it comes back to, well, hindsight now actually makes sense, and we should be looking into it a little bit more closely because this just this is such a legitimately controversial call. It is. That I don't think – I mean, I'm wondering what the reviews are now, like when the officials – you know, there's always like some sort of debrief and download after a series gets over. It's like, what did you guys do well? What did you not do well? I don't know. Like in the NBA, can they turn calls in? the way that they can in the NFL, like to be like, review this again. I mean, not that it matters for anything. They're staying home, like their season's done, but is there a way to like find more accountability for the referees in these (laughs) situations? Yes, they do. Because this is a call that you don't make in a game seven of all places. Like when they talk about like, let the players play, let the players play. And I mean, I've seen a lot of different angles on social media, people like zooming in really tight, uh, on Max Struess's foot, and I'm watching it again on TV. I don't think he went out of bounds. I don't think he did either. I don't. I've I mean, never like, seen I, the heel go down out of bounds. Like, it would be one thing if it was a two-pointer called a three-pointer, it, but he's nowhere close to the line. Like, that is a corner three of corner threes, and I'm looking at his back left heel right now. That's not over the line. If anything, it's hovering. Yep. But last I checked, you can do that and still be in bounds in the field of play. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It drives me nuts. Like, and I feel like Heat fans aren't going to let this one go, oh, which no, is going to make not. it even more obnoxious yes. to read about uh, and see on social media the next couple of days. But if I was a Heat fan, I'd be upset too. It was not a good call, and I think the officials know that. And fortunately, I guess for the sake of – the overall flow of the game, it didn't happen but, under five minutes. But I can say this. That he did miss eight free throws. Mm-hmm. They missed eight free throws, and they shot poorly. When I mean poorly from the three-point line. Yeah. So that's two areas Wasn't as right bad there. as the way that they shot in uh, game five when they missed 38 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. But as a team in game six, as Harry had mentioned, they went, um, let me find it here, six of 30 from three-point range. Not great. Mm. In a game seven, 20%, game seven. Yeah. 20% from the three-point line, and you miss eight free throws. Not on top of, in transition, you were horrible mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah. So that's three areas right there. I understand the three-point Max Struess got taken away, but if you make your free throws, if you shoot better from the three-point line, and if you play better transition defense, the outcome may have been different as well. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.com. Coming up next, we'll switch gears, get into some NFL talk. The top five teams who will contend this season but did not last year. That's coming your way next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max here on ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sean J. Will and Max ESPN Radio, the ESPN app in ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Monday morning. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. So you heard the NFL music. You know it's time to switch gears now. Plenty more. NBA Finals action and talk coming your way here later in the show. But I've got a wide former wide receiver, Coach Harry, next to me here in studio. <laughs> Don't He's you working. call me no sir. I will not call you sir, like okay. Drake London, right? Yeah, Drake like, calls me sir. And it, how old is he? Do we like twenty two? Yeah, it has to be okay. somewhere somewhere in the I've, range. I've told you my story about how when I've covered athletes before, like they're you know so ingrained with like the yes sir, no sir culture. That like sometimes they forget. I'll be like, I'll ask a question. I'll be like, no sir. I'll be like, no ma'am, no ma'am. I'm like, that's okay. Like don't 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 trip on it. Like it's okay. Um, I'm almost your age, and I kind of want to almost be your age. So yeah, no sir for me either. Um, but we've been talking about teams that did not make the postseason in the NFL last year and how that might affect things going forward to this year. Harry and I each have five teams that we're going to read five to one. The teams that did not make the playoffs last year, but we believe can contend in 2022. Harry, I'm going to let you tee it off here. Ooh, my number five. I'm number gonna, five. Oh, thank you for the nice cue. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. And one of the main reasons that I have them there is because of the addition of Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz cannot do it. Uh, cannot get it done last year. We see in games that they needed him to step up and not be a game manager. He could not do that. Now, Matt Ryan is a guy that I know very, very well. I got drafted with him in 2008. One of the things I do know he can do is command an offense. He's going to be smart. He's going to be diligent when delivering the football. He's going to throw the football on time. And I think this is a major, major upgrade. I do love the additions of Stephon Gilmore defensively. I think that you you bring in a guy that can be a shutdown corner, that's going to be huge Mm -hmm. to go along with their front seven, which I think is one of the better ones in football. Defensively, Gus Bradley can't mess it up. So that's why I have the Colts as my number five. Okay, Number four. Number four, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. As it pains me to say this because I'm from Atlanta. (laughs) Ah, The New Orleans Saints. But what they did offensive-wise in the wide receiver group, Michael Thomas is going to be back. You drafted, you moved up, and you drafted Chris Olave. You, you signed uh, Jarvis Landry. 
that's going to be huge for this team. Adam Trotman, the tight end position, uh, to go along with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara as well. Jameis Winston is a guy that I think is going to throw the football downfield and be efficient. We've seen what he can do within this offense. Uh, Carmichael Michael is still there. Dennis Allen, the D.C., is now the head coach, so that defense is going to be the same now. They lost Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. That's going to be big for them, but I'm not too concerned about it because they have depth in that secondary still. That's why they're my number four team. Number three. Number three, the Cleveland Browns. We do know what Baker Mayfield couldn't do. That's lead them to an AFC Championship game, a possible Super Bowl. So that's why they went out and got a guy named Deshaun Watson to try to pick up that slack. This roster was already Super Bowl ready or Super Bowl contention ready when Baker Mayfield was there. Now they added a guy in Deshaun Watson who could do it with his legs, who could do it with his arms. And let's not forget, at, at one point, we did see Houdini and Superman from Deshaun Watson against the Houston Tech, not the Houston Texans, but the Buffalo Bills when yeah. he didn't get sacked, spent out of it, threw a nice ball down the field. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Don't know if he's going to be suspended for the first six games, first four games. Don't know that yet. Should find out soon. Yes. The commissioner said last week that a decision was looming. So that should be something that comes down soon because they're going to have to figure out. I mean, if you don't have Deshaun Watson for six games, Jacoby Brissett, he going to be able to carry your offense? Well, here's the thing. The, ske- the schedule was favorable for them. The first four games is very favorable, um, and I think that's the reason why the NFL made it that way as well. But you look at this team, offensive line, one of the better ones in the National Football League. Too deep at the tight end position, too deep at the running back position. Amari Cooper, uh, they got him via trade. Defensively, I think they're going to be better this year as well, so that's why they're my number three. Number two. Number two. Axon Jackson, my Louisville alum, partner in crime, uh, Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. We've seen what this team is capable of. They're getting a lot of people back uh, from injury last year. Not to, to, to add on to the, the, the great draft class that they had, three guys they got in the first two rounds or four guys they got in the first two rounds uh, had first-round grade. So I like what this Baltimore Ravens team can do. You can never count out John Har- Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, and what they've been able to do over the years. Number one. Number one is no surprise, Courtney Cronin. It is the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, one of the things that Brandon Staley did is went out and got players defensively. They struggled against the run, so you traded for Khalil Mack. You went and got uh, Sebastian uh, Joseph Day from the um, Los Angeles Rams to go along with Austin Johnson as well. Then you brought over J.C. Jackson in the secondary to pair up with Atonsi Samuels Jr. and Derwin James. So looking forward to this defense being way better than it was last year. Also to make up for the simple fact that if Brandon Staley decides he wants to go for it in his own territory on the 20 or (laughs) 30-yard line, now you have a better defense to pick up the slack. Hopefully he learned from his mistakes last year because I think that kind of kept them out of the playoffs and stop them from getting another win or two because of those decisions. Mm-hmm. But now you have a defense and some, some, some dogs on that side of the ball to try to make up for the deficiencies if you do make those same decisions and don't get it on fourth down. I like your list. I think it's a good one. And I, we're saying here these are just teams that we expect to contend, not necessarily yes, contend. like win a Super Bowl oh, yeah, here. Contend. Because I do think the, you know, the Saints probably are still a ways off, but the NFC South – up until the point of Tom Brady returning, felt like it was wide open. I still don't think that Carolina will be a threat for them. Don't you do it, because I know. I'm sorry. Don't you I'm do, sorry. Don't you do like, it. The, 
I'm sorry. The, the Atlanta Falcons are like two or three years away without a quarterback. I know that you are working with them and you've got your wide receivers and, and you're happy about it, Harry. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. If I'm being objective here, Stab me in my I heart. can't do it. I can't do it. And I'll, and I'll stab you in your heart on live TV. You know, that's just, <laughs> I know. I, uh, it's better than doing it behind your back. All right. Our rankings are brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 1 877 Ask Dell. So my list is similar to Harry's. Um, a lot of just like moving around some of the teams in terms of order. Uh, at number five, I've number got five. the. I should have waited for the production. I've got the New Orleans Saints as well. There's a lot of change happening down in New Orleans. I mean, you mentioned just like the sheer number of receivers that they have this year that they did not have last year. Jarvis Landry gets to go home. Um, you know, Michael Thomas will be back. Chris Olave is in the fold, you know, a first-round receiver. And I'm really curious to see, with Dennis Allen taking over this team, does the Taysom Hill is a quarterback dual threat weapon, does that finally get put to rest? Because Jameis Winston is their quarterback. And I just think that there was some sort of weird love affair that he had with Taysom Hill and thinking that he was something that he wasn't. That ended up becoming like to the detriment of this team. So they lose to Ron Armstead. They upgraded uh, in the draft. They ended up getting it using like one of their first round picks on Trevor Penning at left tackle. Who so. I like. Who I like is very physical. If you're deep, if you're playing defense, mm-hmm. you better have your head on the swivel because he's going to try to knock your ass out. I mean, they got two first, two really good first-round picks, yep. with Olave and Penning. So I, I think the NFC South, just in terms of, the, of Tampa Bay being there and still having Tom Brady and then it's the Saints and then everyone else, it kind of reminds me of the NFC North, just the way that that's structured where there's one clear-cut favorite – one team that could likely contend or at least contend for a wild card spot and then everybody else. So they are my number five team. Number four. The Miami Dolphins. Ooh. This team did everything humanly possible to give Tua Tagovailoa everything he needs to prove that in year three he's their guy because if they can't figure it out with him this year, Harry, it's time to move on. Mm. Tyreek Hill, speed on the outside. Jalen Waddle, speed on the outside. That's great. Can Tua do more than like just throw the ball 10 yards downfield? I'd like to see that. So, And also, the guy that we were just talking about, Teron Armstead, probably one of the more underrated free agent signings that we saw last year. So you got pass protection for Tua. You've got receivers and weapons for Tua, everything from the backfield to what's around him uh, on, on the periphery. And on top of it, This is a Dolphins team last year that had that seven-game win streak to end the season. And, yeah, they could have, you know, they they can, I mean, the AFC was loaded at the end of last year where it was a bunch of teams fighting for one of those final wild card spots. And I think it was that game against the Patriots where they just laid an egg late in the season. Like, had they not done that, we're probably talking about them as a playoff team in 2021. So they were close. And granted, new head coach this year, Mike McDaniel, um, I think with Brian Flores, how he left the Miami Dolphins, he left them in a good spot. Yes. So they're my number four team. I think that they will be in contention uh, for the postseason in the AFC East. Number three. All right, Baltimore Ravens. Like My, my list is kind of similar to Harry's here, so I'm just going to kind of read through three, two to one. So I've got the Ravens at three. Lamar Jackson nearly got them to the playoffs himself last year. I know that he was hurt and everything, but, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, Harry mentioned all of the draft additions they had. I love the J- David Ojabo pick that they got uh, in the second round. High value pick 
for the Baltimore Ravens in spite of his injury. They did a good job in April. Cleveland Browns, number two. And then I've also got the number charge, the number one team for me is Los Angeles Chargers. Yes. They went all in on offense a year ago. They gave Justin Herbert what he needs. Now on the other side of that, defensively, the additions that they made in free agency and in the draft, like everybody has an edge rusher or two really elite ones in the AFC West. You have to have that to contend in that division. So I think the Chargers, I mean, they were just like a hair away from being a postseason team last year. Those fourth, uh, those fourth down decisions that Brandon <laughs> Staley came back to bite him last year. Maybe he's going to look those over in the offseason, uh, and that will change things for them going forward. But I kind of like that our top three, even if we're like just like switching orders a little bit, are the same. Makes me feel smart. Well, great minds so think alike. I agree with that. So, um, so that's uh, those are our top five teams that we think will make the postseason in 2022 after failing to do so in 2021 jeremy fowler espn nfl reporter joins courtney cronin and harry douglas here on Keyshawn, j will and max espn radio espn 2 jeremy welcome in i've learned a little bit about this not news or hot news i know i just completely botched what it's called <laughs> hot news or not news is that is, did i get that right guys anybody know you got it exactly you got it exactly right, Courtney. I mean, it's literally right here on the screen in front of me. If my reading comprehension was a little <laughs> bit uh, higher of a level, I would probably have gotten that right on the first try. But, okay, let's start off with the Cleveland Browns. They gave tight end David Njoku a four-year, $56.75 million deal. Hot news or not news? Yeah, great to be with you all, Courtney. This is sneaky hot news. I mean, it- David Njoku has not had a productive career statistically. He hasn't put up big numbers that would warrant, you know, pay to have around $14 million, but the Browns are betting big on a guy with huge upside and athleticism. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, for me, I think this is hot news. With the simple fact you have another tight end of Harrison Bryant, you want to keep those two tight ends. You brought in Deshaun Watson. You want him to be able to have those weapons. You have Amari Cooper. Outside of Amari Cooper, you don't have that big, well-known other wide receiver. So that's why I think this is big, to be able to keep Njoku in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns so Deshaun Watson has another viable target, and they can go to two tight end sets if they want to as well. I was a little surprised by it. I'm not going to lie. I felt like that was a... Very hefty contract for a tight end two, tight end three, maybe. I mean, I was, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not seeing that correctly, Jeremy. But when I saw that come through on Friday, good for David and Joku. Another one of those like head scratcher moves that I saw from the Cleveland Browns. All right. Jadavian Clowney, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, says he feels like the Browns have a shot to win the Super Bowl. Hot news or not news? Well, now they have David and Joku at fourteen million dollars a year. They're ready to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, <laughs> um, I, I think it's it's hot news anytime anybody can say the Browns can actually win a Super Bowl, and it's fairly believable. Um, so it's really not news, but it's sort of hot news. It's just an, an ode to the Browns and how far they've actually come. Um, I, I do think they could win a Super Bowl. I can't believe I'm even, I'm even saying that. Um, definitely would have never said that five, seven years ago. I don't think it's news because we already knew what this roster was, even with Baker Mayfield. Um, now I just need some of those draft picks, guys like Grant Pitt, Greg Newsom, Richard LeCount, those guys in the secondary to step up even more to go along with that defense. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromora, I think he needs to play better this year. I don't think I didn't think he had a good year last year, but I don't think this is news because we know what this roster is already made of. 
Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas, presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Colin Kaepernick had a positive workout with the Las Vegas Raiders last week, but no deal is imminent. That comes from your reporting, Jeremy. Hot news or not news? I'll say not news. It's it's really not hot news unless somebody is going to uh, put themselves out there and actually sign him to a contract, you know, with whatever it is, whether it's low in guarantees or there's no promise of making the roster, um, put him on a 90 man roster, give him a chance to compete a little bit for like a number two or number three quarterback job. And we're just not there yet. Yeah, I agree with Jeremy. It's not news until he actually gets signed with the team. Trent Baalke, the Jacksonville Jaguars general manager, says second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence is playing with more confidence. Hot news or not news? That's not news. I mean, we're, what, in late May? So every, everybody's playing with confidence in late May. So talk to me in, you know, October. Uh, he's playing with confidence then, and I think that's hot news. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Until they put pads on, I'm not going to judge anything that we see or that we hear from coaches and general managers because you're not being judged on the off season. You're judged when you win games uh, starting in the fall. And they did put a lot of pieces around Trevor Lawrence this year in off the off season, you know, throughout free agency in the draft, which is great. But will that actually translate to Trevor Lawrence playing with more confidence in the season? We're still a couple of months away from finding out if that will come to fruition. All right. Devin McCourty says Bill Belichick still has the same intensity at age 70, as I guess he did, you know, 69, 68, whatever. Um, so apparently he's he's still churning along here. Hot news or not news? <laughs> Once again, not news, because I, I don't think anybody was concerned about that. I think we all know his intensity levels are, are fairly high, probably 24 hours a day, even away from the facility. So, um, you know, we'll bet on him being ready to go. The bigger question and the hotter news is whether they're going to actually hire an offensive coordinator or just have Bill Belichick call the plays or – like that whole situation is very unclear. Yeah, I, I don't think this is hot news. But like Jeremy just mentioned, the more hot news, who in the hell is going to be the offensive coordinator for second-year quarterback Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. That's the hot news that everyone wants yeah. to know. That's the main thing in my eyes. Yeah, I want to ask you about that, Jeremy. Is that something that Bill Belichick has talked about during the offseason, like him assuming those play-calling responsibilities? Like who else would it go to if it's not him? It's a total mystery right now. I mean, you know, asking around, I get the sense that, and I, I think some players get the sense that Bill Belichick could be calling the plays. Um, but there's really no clarity on it. And I, I do think Belichick likes the mystery. Um, nobody knows their tendencies right now as far as how they would even go about calling a play, let alone running a play. Um, so, you know, it, it's really pretty fascinating. Right now, it's, you know, you got guys like Joe Judge former Giants head coach, Matt Patricia, are helping out on the offensive side, uh, on the offensive line, in the quarterback position. But it, it, other than that, there, there's really no clarity right now on how this is going to go, which is fascinating. Yeah, Bill Belichick does not like to provide clarity. He also doesn't like to delegate, it seems like. Maybe those will be his play-calling <laughs> duties here yeah. in the 2022 season. All right, one more for you, Jeremy, before we let you get out of here. NFL cornerback Marcus Peters endorsed the NFL return of Terrell Owens, hot news or not news? I would love to end on some some hot news, but I, I just I mean, how old is Terrell Owens now? Like, he's in his forties. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's in great shape, right? But 
No, I just I, I'm not ready to go there yet. He is not news. he is 48 according to to Pat Costello in studio. So I mean, I saw him. What catch passes was a fan controlled football league? The thing that's like arena yeah. football on steroids. Terrell like, Owens hasn't played in the National Football League since 2010. It is 2022. Wow. It is 2022. <laughs> At some point, just hey, just get hey, just give it up, man. Go into your next career. Go into your next life. Yeah, it seems like one of those guys who just can't seem to let it go. Although, like I, I say that about To, and then Michael Vick's going to be doing the fan controlled football league, <laughs> and I just want to see that lefty pass one more time uh, mm-hmm. because I can't let that one go. But Jeremy, yeah. we can let you go. We appreciate you joining us here <laughs> on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. He is Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us here on Monday morning. Jeremy, thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Harry. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, coming up next, we are going to get into a little bit of which second-year quarterback is in the best situation to succeed this year. So the list that we'll be going through will be Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, There's one more that I'm forgetting that I always – I'm forgetting Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. And there's actually six second-year quarterbacks here if we want to, like, look at this from a full 32 perspective. But I don't think anybody's saying that Davis Mills is in a great spot to succeed down as a starter in Houston. We're going to get into that next – Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. See Harry dancing there in studio. I wish I had moves. Like Have that. you ever loved someone? Yeah, let him y'all, go. Didn't, y'all didn't know I let had it. Courtney, you ain't know I had it. No, I didn't. I'm, just, I'm letting you go. Keep playing it. It's a Monday. Who cares? We're trying to start our week off on a high note. We're just looking for a cookout. That's all. Yeah, yeah you better cook out. Hit us up. Triple Eight Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let us know where we need to pull up after we get off air here, ten a.m. Eastern time. Uh, don't invite the people from Greeny. Just invite us. <laughs> They're coming up next. They got to work anyways. Um, it's a holiday holiday uh, weekend here uh, at ESPN Radio. Tons of baseball. Game seven's coming your way. There's another Wait, one um, tonight in I'm hockey. I'm curious. Since we're talking cookouts, are you guys hot dog people or hamburger people? Uh, for I'll cookouts, I'm I'm sorry, I mean, but you got to prefer one over the other. I don't think I've ever eaten a hot dog or a hamburger at any cookout I've hosted at my house. What do you eat? What do you make? Ribs, chicken, 
homemade macaroni and cheese, baked beans, you know what I mean, uh, lobster tails. Uh, okay, see, see, I, appre- right, so I appreciate here. We get it. You're, right. You played the yeah, NFL right, and you got money. Guy. I appreciate see, Harry don't saying do that. this. Don't do that. Don't do that, Project Pat. Don't lobster do that. tails? What are you talking yeah, I mean, about? Hamburgers tail, are Harry, beneath like me. Give control. me the lobster. Um, no, but I, I appreciate Harry saying that because when I was on air the other day on Canty and Carlin, we like did our Memorial Day barbecue plate. Like, how are you? Like, what's on your plate? We had a draft mm-hmm. because it's peak holiday radio. That's what one does. And I had bar, I had brisket on mine, yeah. and I lost the um, the poll that we did because I did like Randy Scott, who who hosts Sports Center, had like multiple meats on his, like Arby's. He had like barbecue chicken, burger, hot dog. So it's like a whole plate of cholesterol. Okay. Whereas I only had brisket, and then I had seedless watermelon, two bite brownies. Oh, I was Lord. trying to have like you a had balance. Seedless watermelon. You want watermelon with seeds in it? Yeah, you just spit it out, Courtney. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> that's like back to my like North Carolina days. I'm not going back there. You can't take me back there. She's but not I will <laughs> I will say that like we were talking about it over the weekend, and someone told me like having brisket on your plate at a barbecue makes you bougie. How? I don't know. Apparently, because it's hard to cook it. I'm not cooking it. I'm gonna bring somebody else's food in or like go and like, you know, you know, catering. I'm not thumbing myself down and eating hamburgers and hot dogs at no damn cookout. I mean, I'm not I'm above not a hamburger or a hot dog. Let me just be clear I'm not above here. it. You guys, I'm not it. How have you never had a hot dog? I never. I, I said That's I've it. never had a hot dog at a cookout. At a cookout. Oh. Um, have you had a brown? No, 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 no. You guys are down, both down south. We do things a little different. This is insane. You know, collard greens, you know, and I seedless watermelon. It doesn't mean I teach you can't how to have make a hot dog though. If I'm cooking ribs, chicken, salmon, all that kind of stuff, I'm not cooking a hamburger or a hot dog. Salmon. Salmon with L. Salmon. You really hit that. You really hit that L. Salmon. 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 What type of drinks you got at this joint? That's my question. Well, I have a bar in my basement. You know, we have we have the drinks for the adults that they choose to indulge in those alcoholic beverages. And, you know, then we have sweet tea. We have Sprite. We have Coke. We have water bottles. Now, if you want to pour a little bit of those soft drinks inside your, you know, yak, Yates, as I know you drink, uh, vodka, as I know Project Pat probably drinks, uh, still, you look like you drink whiskey. Yeah. See? Sure. I pretty much anything. But yeah. Got it all right. I mean, I want to go to your can we like just like maybe like cut out early and go to your house for a barbecue? I've been trying yeah, I'm sorry, to no, Harry's, invite Harry's too busy. Me and family He's... to my house for the longest. Okay. No, so I can cook for We can do the show from there. We that have works mobile at units. This network. If we go to like... Harry's cookout, we all have to wear ties because it's such a fancy meal. <laughs> Bougie you, food. You do got to take your damn dress. shoes off in my house. That's one thing you Top have to do. Top shelf liquor. You got to take your shoes off. You don't need like a boutonniere or something, like a flower. <laughs> what type of hell? plates do you have? Is it regular like paper, paper plates? plates? I'm not washing out the y'all. Plus, I don't know if y'all get tested. I don't know what y'all got going that's very, on. That's very, that's very, that's safe. That's safe. And not just for the coronavirus. Because <laughs> I bleach my damn dishes. Bleach? That seems, <laughs> seems dangerous. Yeah, dangerous? But I'm not I'm not washing dishes after y'all. I'm, we're using paper, paper, paper utensils. I, I don't disagree. I mean, that, that's what a cookout is. Yeah. I would be called bougie if you had, like, fine china at a, uh, <laughs> at a cookout. Paper plates for the salmon. For the salmon. <laughs> Still, leave me alone. Harry Salmon and his yak. Uh, that sounds like a good Monday barbecue. Um, we're going to do that here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We'll leave early so we can get down to Atlanta before Harry has to do one of his 90 other jobs. Um, and we'll have a cookout <laughs> at his house. But as it pertains to second-year quarterbacks, we were 
on the topic earlier of teams that have the best chance to rebound here from not making the postseason last year. I think about the five in the first round that were all taken within the top 15 picks. And I cover one of them for ESPN.com, the Chicago Bears. And there's been a lot made on Justin Fields and, like, does he have enough around him? Did they do enough to put him in a position to succeed? And, you know, he had some comments that we're going to talk about a little bit later here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. But can you give me, like, from five to one, like, who's in the worst situation of these five and who's in the best situation? Ooh, five to one. I would go number five. I would probably pick. I'd put Fields personally. Yeah, like... Fields has to be last because I didn't think they did enough around him, mm-hmm. draft wise. Nor did they do that uh, free agent wise. I thought offensive line was an area of need that they needed to yeah. tap into to run Armstead, a guy who went down to the Miami Dolphins. I thought he, he would have been there. a perfect fit for them at left tackle. You look at all the wide receivers that was on the free agent market. They didn't get a big name guy, and they don't have a true, true number one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will go Justin Fields there. But I will I'm gonna go with who's the best. The best situation right now for me, I think, is Trey Lance. Now, is he going to play the best? I don't know. But for him, the situation that his team offensively and defensively, you look at a Brandon Ayuk, you look at a Debo Samuel, right? Uh, Jawan Jennings, a George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk. Trent Williams, Alex Mack offensive line, Mike McGletchy, all those guys and those offensive pieces for Trey Lance to thrive, not to mention a Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. So he is in the best situation. I love what the New York Jets did. Yeah, me too. I love what they did for Zach Wilson, drafting Brees Hall. Now you have a two-headed monster with Brees Hall um, and Michael Carter. Receiver-wise, they drafted Garrett Wilson to go along with a Corey Davis and also Elijah Moore, who didn't play that well last year. They re-signed Braxton Barrels. Uh, tight end-wise, they brought in uh, C.J. Uh, Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals, a guy who won last year. And they drafted Jeremy Rucker at Ohio State, a guy who won in college. Um, I like what this team is defensively. Um, they, they brought Solomon Thomas over. They drafted Sauce Gardner. Um, I like where the New York Jets are. They just have to go out there, and Zach Wilson has to be better. I think Mike LaFleur, this is going to be a big year for him as a second-year play caller as well. But one of the things Zach Wilson has to understand is that you don't have to be all world, mm-hmm. right? Never get tired of putting money in the bank. That's why Tom Brady is so so good is because when you have to put throw it to your check down, throw it to your check down. But this offense uh, is going to utilize the run play action. The run game has to get started. That's going to be very valuable. Uh, for the New York Jets as well. Uh, Bootlegs, quarterback being on the move. So I like what the Jets have done. Yeah, and when we talk about these guys, like we have to have an answer, though, on them following this season. Like that's the thing with second-year quarterbacks. Like you truly won't know what you have in these guys. You may be trending in that direction, but it's not going to be a sure bet that, like, okay, this guy's our franchise quarterback. Like you'll take those steps if if you do it the right way. In year two, if you put enough around these guys, but I don't think anything is a uh, guarantee with second-year players to begin with. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Coming up next, how much is on the line for Stephen Curry in these NBA Finals? We discuss next here, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.